all status, I'ma beat y'all back I pull up on the block in a big Corvette yeah. Riding around the city with a stick all black Welcome to the Ross Project, episode 101 And today I'm flying solo My co-host Courtney Turner is MIA at the moment uh, She's traveling This is your first time tuning in this podcast is a conversation about life, entrepreneurship, personal development, family, tech, and marketing. Of course, I am your host, Ivan Temelkov. And on this podcast, you will gather 100% real, raw, and unfiltered life-changing advice to help you level up in every aspect of your life and business and help you reach your goals and dreams. Ladies and gentlemen, today I have a special guest who's joining me uh, on the podcast by the name of Jim Riley. Jim, how's it going, man? Real well, man. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. And uh, before we jump into our convo, Jim, which I'm really excited about, I want to give the listeners a quick background on who you are. So uh, we actually initially did a podcast episode together on your show, on your podcast. The answer is yes. And honestly, guys, like Jim's bio stretches around the block. Let's just put it that way, because he's done so many amazing things um, in his life, uh, so much in entrepreneurship, uh, in business. And uh, basically, you know, I, I, I want to leave it with that and just kind of take it from there, Jim, and start with. You know, let's start with your story. You know, let's let's go back, you know, maybe 20 years ago and, you know, talk about young Jim. And because uh, I think there's there's some, you know, irony in the background and how basically evolved into everything you're doing today. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, and, and listening to your intro and what your show's all about, I'm sure we can fill in some great gaps and in information for your listeners um, you know, my, my story started uh, when I was 14 years old, actually, was a young entrepreneur in school. I was the guy, kid selling gum uh, to the other kids in school and stuff like that. But I started working for my grandfather. We had two restaurants, uh, restaurants, they were fast food joints in Newport Beach, California. And I was working for him at an early age of 14, getting my hands dirty, learning how to make burgers and sandwiches. But I think the important lesson there was customer service and how to treat people and not being afraid to speak up and get out in front of a crowd, if you will. And I worked for him for a couple of years and, and he taught me, uh, keep your hands busy, always doing something. Uh, don't stand, you know, you got time to lean, you got time to clean. He was that guy. And I just learned so much from him and I was so appreciative. I landed my first official job at 16. And I say official because you had to be 16 to, to work. Uh, right. Uh, not for cash like grandpa, um, with In-N-Out Burger. And if you're a West Coaster and you know California and In-N-Out Burger, it's icon. Uh, it's one of the best uh, restaurants or fast food concepts out there on the West Coast, uh, I would argue worldwide. But, you know, the things that they teach there, and I was there for 12 years, they teach customer service, hard work, friendly environment, uh, quality, you know, that you can see and taste is their tagline. Mm -hmm. 12 years there as a manager. And uh, by the way, at, at 26 years old, I was making $150,000 a year. And this was, <laughs> this was in, uh, let's say the mid nineties, right? Wow. They take really good care of their people. I rose through the ranks uh, from an employee, you know, just a, a everyday part-time employee in high school, got into their management program and kept working, working hard, 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 applying all those principles, 
principles I learned from grandpa and uh, just did a great job for them. And ultimately, when I left that company, making a great salary, I was running one of the most successful stores in their company history. We were the first store to sell over a million hamburgers in a year. That might not sound like a lot, but it is. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, doing R&D for them, hiring new employees around the, you know, the other states that they were opening up. So it's just a great career. And, you know, this is really where my story starts. I mean, look, I had a great intro to business with grandpa and I had a great career at In-N-Out Burger. But where my story started was, I was making a lot of money as I just suggested. And I was living selfishly for all my wants and needs and not looking past myself. I was young and married and we were just consumers of everything. And uh, I'd start, I went on a ski trip up in Mammoth, California and I spent five grand for the weekend. New, new snowboards, boots, jackets, the whole bit, good food, nice condo on the, on the mountain, just live large, you know, drove my BMW up there, had a great time. I came home, spent the week around the house, and I was involved with a church in Newport Beach called, uh, well, Rock Harbor was the, was the name now. It was called Mariners. And, you know, a lot of times you get involved in church and they have these mission trips. I went on this mission trip the following weekend down to Tecate, Mexico, and it headed south. I went across uh, the peninsula over there to Ensenada, then north to Tijuana and out. And the crazy thing was our budget for two vans full of people that were going to go down there and support these orphanages and all these kids was $5,000. I thought, wow, I just blew that last weekend in Mammoth. And here we are. We're going to go support these kids. Now, we loaded those vans up with food and supplies and all kinds of great stuff. And by the time I got home, I thought, wow, what a selfish person I am. I just blew $5,000 last weekend in Mammoth. And these kids <laughs> are going to live for the next month or two off the supplies that we brought them. Yeah. $5,000. And right then and there, um, I decided I'm going to live for a different reason. And that is to serve others, to help others, and not live selfishly. And I literally worked to change my, my life, not only personally, but my career as well. I realized that I was getting sucked into the money and the status of that money at In-N-Out Burger. Now, if you know me or if you heard my story, my brother was the CEO, CEO, the president of that company for the last 35 years. He just retired. So it's really kind of a family business. My other brother worked there. My brother's sister-in-law owns the company. So we're as a family, we're all in with In-N-Out. And I, and I love the company and what they do. I personally had made the wrong decisions. So right. what I did is I packed up, moved to Lake Tahoe, and said, I'm just going to grab any job. I don't care if it pays minimum wage, and I'm going to start living for helping others and not being selfish. And uh, I wound up getting it. Oddly enough, I was one of those photographers you see on top of the ski resort taking photos of people go, you know, going by and minimum wage, getting a commission, hopefully, at the end of the day. But, you know, hard work and resilience and helping others paid off for me up there. I ultimately landed a job as the food and beverage director for a ski resort, which was one of the larger ski holding companies in the world at the time. And uh, I had a great career up at Sierra Tahoe Ski Resort. It also warranted for me uh, two years of television shows uh, for the ski resort. It was a Saturday morning show on PAX TV where I talked about the resort and made food and all those things. And really just kind of set the pace for what my new life was going to look like. Now, I didn't make screaming money. I was actually at the height of my career up there. I was making 55 grand a year, but I was the happiest I could be. I was helping other people. I was living for life itself, not for the money. 
And uh, I just learned a lot about myself in Lake Tahoe. Ultimately, I came back to Southern California with my new attitude, personality, mm -hmm. back to Newport Beach. And I landed a job with a company called Kettle One Vodka. And uh, at the time, they were selling a couple hundred thousand cases a year, and they were looking for a marketing person. Now, I wasn't really a marketing person. I was doing a little TV. I, you know, I know. How to, but what they liked about me is my attitude, my demeanor, drive, my ability to go after something. And they felt that my connection to TV could help bolster up their marketing in the Hollywood, Hollywood presence. So. I had a wonderful, ultimately, when I left there, I was the vice president of PR and marketing for Kettle One Vodka. We sold for a billion dollars, uh, and that's why I left. Didn't want to move on to the new company. And I took what I'd learned there and what I earned and saved and started my own tequila company called Azunia Tequila. I uh, got a lease with the distillery in Amatitan, Mexico with 5,000 acres. It's actually the distillery that Sammy Hagar had previously been using for his tequila, Cabo Wabo. And I started the brand from scratch, you know, out of a vision and an idea mm -hmm. and for doing something and uh, ultimately launched that business in 2009. Now, just to backtrack real quick to Kettle One, part of my job in PR there was to take a, over $2 million budget I had and support nonprofits. So it aligned perfectly with who I was and what I was all about. And I was able to support all these nonprofits mm -hmm. for those years. So when I started Azunia Tequila, part of our initiative was 25 cents out of every case we sold went to the local schools, our initiatives in the city of Amatitan. And we were working directly uh, with the city officials down there. It felt really good to set up a company and give back in that way. Yeah. And uh, you know, it just worked for the economies of scale down there. Now at the time, I had already started racing off-road professionally. Uh, basically, I call it like a NASCAR for the dirt. You've heard of the Baja 1000. Yeah. I've raced that a dozen times. I've won it three different times in different classes and had a, a really great career uh, racing off-road professionally for companies like General Tires, Method Race Wheels. Uh, the list goes on. A lot of great companies, rugged radios. And uh, so I'm, I'm running Azunia Tequila. I'm racing professionally down in Mexico and giving back to the communities. And I built a great company all the way until 2017 when uh, I am now married to my second wife and great, great family uh, that we've put together. We've got two young girls, five and seven. And uh, we started a company after I left Azunia, uh, just from a, a successful entrepreneur standpoint. What I did is I stepped away as the CEO of the company, kept my shares there. Uh, allowed our investors to put a crew of people on top of the crew of people I already had there and build that company up. And ultimately it sold for $15 million. And uh, I'm, I'm enjoying watching our share prices go up there with these side distillers now. So that was a fun, great opportunity. Um, and I positioned myself to start a company that was strictly focused around donating to orphanages in Mexico. And the company is called Baja United Wines. So we import wine from Baja. We sell it up here in the U.S and we send money back to the orphanages down there. And it's just been, it's been great for me. I've enjoyed it uh, along that path. I started a podcast, which you were on. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on there. And uh, the podcast, the, the goal of the podcast was to support um, our efforts of our online sales with the wine and kind of get the word out. And we named the podcast, The Answer is Yes. And it came from my career, and I've really kind of balanced through it here 
in about 10 minutes, I suppose, but it came from my career of saying yes to these opportunities, working for In-N-Out, working for a ski resort, you know, working for Kettle One, uh, starting my own company, things like that. And I just believe that so many people have said yes to things in their life that I wanted to share those stories of how people have said yes to encourage others to listen to those stories. I've had some incredible guests on there. David Meltzer, who's my mentor, he's one of the largest sports agents in the world. Uh, Sugar Ray Leonard was on there. I've had all kinds of influencers, military, yeah. veterans, uh, across the board. So I've really enjoyed that show. And uh, it has parlayed, for the entrepreneurs out there listening, it has parlayed into a consulting career for me, as well as a life coaching career. And it's just been wonderful to continue to give back through that consulting and that life coaching, because you don't realize what you know until people start asking for advice and help. And, and you think, gosh, I've been there. I've done that. Yeah. I've enjoyed that so much. And I guess the, the final piece to the story from a personal standpoint outside of raising my family is that I've gotten involved with Spartan racing. I'm a competitive Spartan racer and I've used the drive that I've had my whole life. Uh, I did retire from racing in the car a year and a half ago because it was taking too much time. And we all, my whole family, we started Spartan racing. And I've yeah. enjoyed uh, some top level racing. I reached uh, as far as being third in the world in the ultra Spartan racing category for men over 50. Took third in Iceland for the world championships two years ago. And uh, of course, with COVID, most of us were off last year, but I'm back in the training uh, program and I'm looking forward to racing in Jacksonville, Florida at the end of uh, February representing my age group and uh trying to see if we can't have a successful year this year so amazing there's a lot to talk about there but that that's been my uh my life story and i'm thrilled to be on your show so thank you for having me and absolutely discuss any of that absolutely you know uh first of all man you've done a lot of shit i mean a lot of stuff and that's amazing congratulations on on everything i mean I want to take it back, though, all the way back to, you know, your childhood. As you were as you were describing earlier, I think things were happening for a reason. And it's what's what's really kind of mesmerizing is that I talked about this recently. Is I don't think we truly find out until later in life of what we were truly meant to do and who we were truly meant to be, because you yeah. kind of have to go through that time and you have to experience a lot of things, good and bad. Because I think most most people sort of at a very young age question their their purpose in life. Like, what what am I supposed to do? What what was you know God put me on this earth, but what am I supposed to do? Like, what's what's my mission? You know, what am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? And so when you were explaining that you know you were in fast food and like then you were making a shitload of money, you know, and that was like six figures, I think you said, you know, which was like in the nineties. It's like. You know, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. That's, that's a lot of dough. And um, but then as you were talking about the tequila brand also, which I didn't know about Cattle One, actually, <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, when you started working for Cattle One, it was in alignment very much so with what you were about to do later in life. And I think as entrepreneurs, that's something that we have to truly believe in is, is know that as long as our heart and soul and our purpose and passion align is just that we'll find, you know, our, our true purpose, if that makes sense. You know, it's only a matter of time before it actually comes to fruition. What I wanted to ask you is because, I mean, you know, multimillion dollar businesses, obviously running your own, you know, selling it. And now, you know, it feels like you, you've sort of found, I guess, happiness. It seems like, like you found your happy spot of like, 
and fulfillment, like family and business and entrepreneurship. But what are some of the lessons that maybe you've learned? Let's, let's talk about some tough lessons that you've learned over the years. Like maybe let's talk about maybe one that kind of sticks out to you and you're like, you know what, Jim, maybe I should have done that differently, but it was a good lesson. Yeah. Well, I, I want to start by answering that question with learn your values early in life. I was fortunate enough to have that experience in Mexico and it extracted a value that I had. Now, I didn't realize at the time that I was extracting this was going to be my guiding light throughout my life. Uh, and that and that's not to say just because you know your values, you don't have your, your pitfalls and your ups and downs, but learn your values early in life because that will be your barometer of your happiness and where you go and what you do. Now, you know, to be completely transparent with your audience, I was married for 19 years to my first wife. The yeah. biggest biggest pitfall and i don't you know i don't want to call it a regret but the biggest mistake i was i made was was really not being in that relationship as a true husband and everything that i could be i was i was focused on other things you know making all that money when i was young i got married you know at 20 years old for the first seven years wow and it wasn't even a relationship we we're just making money and party and all those things and afterwards the fallout from that foundation is what ultimately call caused demise of that relationship and uh, it you know those are the types of things we need to think about when we're bouncing through life is how important uh the stepping stones are and those values of who we really are if i had aligned all my values early on in life i would have made those mistakes and i probably would have maintained my relationship throughout my life you know, I'm glad you brought this up because I'm someone who's married for a second time and I can relate to this so much because here's the thing is that so with my first wife, I think I knew her for close to 10 years that we're all together and we we're very young. I mean, really, really young in our in our early 20s. And um, really, as you know, when the divorce was happening is just, there was a lot of questions, right? Like similar to what you were saying is like, what did I, what did I screw up here? Like, well, what, what could I have done wrong? You know, you, you kind of play, play that victim in a way. Right. Yeah. But the reality of things is this, it was happening for a reason. So I agree with you that aligning with your values early in life is important, but also you have to understand that there's a reason that things are happening the way they are, because I think you were still working on those values. And I think yep. that's what happens with a lot of people is working on those values because it truly does take time to find those values. Some people spend a lifetime finding those values. Um, and so when you were talking about this, because I, I, I know, you know, my first marriage basically fell apart is because we grew apart. We had different, you know, we'd had different focus. I was the entrepreneur, you know, she was the one that really just wanted to live life by the norm, you know, the way the society basically dictated it. And I've always been the disruptive guy. So it's like, no, this ain't me. I can't live in a cage, you know, yeah. like I've got a lot more potential than that. And I think even, you know, after all that happened is similar to what you were saying is this that kind of lives, uh, leaves a sour taste to where you're still questioning. But the reality of things is when a new venture opens up. So now being married for a second time, you know, it's like it, it was meant to happen. You know, whether you liked it or not at the time, it was meant to happen. And so that was a really good point that, that, that you mentioned, you know, but it was a learning lesson nonetheless. Right. Yeah. And, and what's interesting, you know, on the other side of that, when, when I look at my values and, and I write my values down every single day as a reminder to myself on how I'm going to conduct myself throughout the day, my values and on top of my pad every day, 
in this order, God, family, health, give back, time, and business, right? So when I look at that marriage, uh, the first marriage, family is my number two value. Well, my first wife didn't want to have kids. And ultimately, that's where the breaking point was, right? A lot of the stuff we were able to fix to a degree, but she did not want to have kids. And for me, that, that, was, that was a no-go, no right? Right. And ultimately, that value that I had in myself, because we weren't aligned early on, if we would have taken the time to go through the discussion of what are our values, we would have known early, like, I want kids, you don't want kids. And we wouldn't have, I don't want to say wasted the time, but, uh, you know, it would have ended our relationship. So anyways, values are so important to align them Right. as early as you can start having that discussion with yourself. I don't care if you're a teenager, young adult, adult, or if you're 60 years old, know what your values are because it's the source of your happiness. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more. Um, and, but see what you said right there is this that I think that was an unintentional mistake to question the common interest because like you said your first wife did not want to have kids and you still somehow accepted that because i think you were so invested in that relationship or you yeah. felt like you were invested in it because otherwise you wouldn't have done it but that's just it is this that that was a completely unintentional mistake and you know similar to what you just said is you know with my first wife is uh we actually both wanted to have kids but it never actually happened and then I realized that it was because she didn't want it. Yeah. And so, you know, you have to go through those experiences. I feel like, you know, uh, relationships, you know, because sometimes they work out and sometimes they don't. And when they don't, you know, you question it because you wonder what could I have done differently? Right. You kind of play the victim mindset, almost feel like, or at least most people do anyway, because they feel hurt. And that's what usually happens when you, when you feel hurt. But when the dust settles, so to speak, you realize that, I was meant for something bigger and you were meant for something bigger. You were meant for a second marriage. You were meant to be a father. You were meant to be a husband. You were meant to be a racer. You were meant to be a business owner. Honestly, if you were stuck in that first relationship, who knows if it would have ever happened. Well, you know, it's, it's easy to look back and see all the differences, right? Uh, I developed a relationship with my father after my divorce because my wife didn't get along with him. So, mm -hmm. you know, there, there's look, everything happens in, in my mind. Uh, for a reason and, and there's purpose behind it and it's what you make out of it. You know, in, interestingly enough to, to jump off a little bit of, of the marriage situation and looking at these values, you're talking speaking about entrepreneurs and, and how you can create value as an entrepreneur through these values that, you know, your own personal values. When you establish a business, if you can establish that business based around your values, you'll get a lot more out of it, right? Because oftentimes people start a business like, I got to make millions of dollars here. Well, maybe your value doesn't constitute you making millions of dollars. Maybe it's just enough to get by and spend as much time at home with your family as you possibly can. And that and that's the ultimate happiness. Right. So for as an example, for me, most of my time now is spent consulting and life coaching. Well, I only take on enough clients to keep me busy and to the point where I can spend time with my family. It's not about the money anymore. I can chase money all day long, but I learned a long time ago, that's not what drives me and keeps me happy. So um, yeah. think about your values if you're an entrepreneur and you're going to establish a business that, and make sure that that business uh, checks all the boxes. I have a question for you, Jim, because I had someone on the podcast yesterday, and this is for um, the Roz Project Overdrive, which uh, for those of you watching and listening is, is an extension of the live episode, which uh, we, we broadcast on Mondays and Fridays 
today being Friday, but um, it was an interesting conversation about having it all. Mm-hmm. And I would love to, to get your take on this because, you know, I, I basically questioned and I said, okay, so like talking about values, because for me, number one is family. You know, I feel like there was a point in time where business was first and then family was second and then health and fitness was, was third. Like those are the three main things. But then I realized, okay, well, it's family, it's health and fitness and it's business. Because I realized that if I can't be the father and husband that I need to be, which is really important because I remember growing up, there were some gray areas of my childhood to where, you know, my father being a musician back in Europe is he traveled a lot. So I didn't get to see him much. And I didn't want to translate that over to my kids. And then secondly, it was like, okay, well, should I focus on making money? You know, money gives me some comfort being able to take care of my family. But then I realized that if I'm not in my optimal state, you know, from a mindset standpoint and physically, there is no fucking way on this planet that I'm going to be able to perform at my best. I want to get your take on that is what does having it all mean and how do you approach it? Well, to me, having it all is having time with my family and having that, that way I can approach all the other things. You know, I was up at 5 a.m. this morning. I was getting, you know, good breakfast. And then as the kids wake up, I'm around, you know, again, those values and what, what's important and being able to spend time with those kids and everything. You know, a lot of people consider having it all is having all the fancy stuff, right? Uh, that, that doesn't take you anywhere. I've had the fancy cars and the fancy, you know, clothes and houses and all that stuff. Lived in prestigious neighborhoods. And, and none of it matters at the end of the day when it comes down to what's important to you, right? So it's, again, it's just so important to establish who you are because having it all does, doesn't always make sense. You know, that's a really good point because I think we live in a day and age where a lot of people want to have it all. And I've been thinking about this, you know, in recency because, you know, 2020 was my best year in business, um, you know, six plus figures in revenue. And this is coming from, you know, me being bankrupt three years ago. So it's a huge evolution. But I've been thinking about it. It's like, okay, if I want to be successful in business, right, uh, am I ready to be successful in business? You know, am I willing to to give it all? You know, do I have everything that, that it takes, you know, to have that? And I find myself often kind of questioning that, if that makes sense. I find myself, you know, questioning, you know, whether or not I am going to be capable, you know, to to tackle and manage everything that I want. So, but I heard you say that, you know, having it all, you know, is not necessarily everything. So uh, it sounds like having it all is just basically finding the definition of success. And the definition of success is you know, different to everybody, right? Yep. Yep. So, you know, align your values and then generate your goals around that. And those goals will dictate what your all is, right? So, you know, I want to make more money. I want to have this. I want to have that. And, uh, you know, also realizing that you can't have it all overnight. It takes time, effort, and energy to have the, the things and do the things that you aspire to have. You know, fortunately... Fortunately or unfortunately for me, uh, oftentimes I get mistaken for being a lot younger than what I am. I'm 52. And 
I have, you know, my neighbors, they're all young couples up here in Montana. And, and they're like, gosh, you guys are just so successful. Successful, You have this and you have that. And they're in their late 20s and early 30s. And I have to remind them, like, look, guys, I had 20 more years of business on you. You know, it takes time to achieve yeah. and build and get to the point that you're looking at going, you know, you're looking at me like you should, ha- you should have, or you want what I have. Well, I've got a lot of time behind building this up, you know, the things that I have. So, so be patient for the process because you could just miss out on life while you're trying to chase something that, that really is uncircumstantial in the big picture. You know, you're absolutely right about that because, um, look, I, I'm going to be 41 years old in two weeks, Jim, and I'm going to be honest with you is I feel like my life has just started. Literally, I feel like you had just started. I mean, I have gone through so many failures, so many bad decisions. I've gone through being bullied in high school. I have gone through self-esteem and self-confidence issues. And I've gone through so many haters and naysayers saying that, no, you can't do this. You know, you're not capable, you know, this and that. And I've come to a realization that at the end of the day, you know, we live only one life. You know, it's and you live it. You got to live it on your own terms. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It doesn't matter what others say, because the reality of things is you make a good choice. You reap the rewards. You make a bad choice. You know, you face the repercussions. Nobody else. And this is, I think, an entrepreneurship that is so true is because I know when entrepreneurs make bad decisions. And let's face it, vast majority of entrepreneurs make bad decisions and vast majority of them actually fail they seek responsibility from someone else. They're unwilling to take responsibility for their own bad choices, right? So as you were saying, and that was really good, you know, about finding your values, because I really admire that. You know, I think important to find your values and chase your values and um, stick to them is what it sounds like. You got to be consistent with those values, because if you're not, then it'll feel like you're spinning your wheels. Like, you know, you're, you're winning in some aspect in life and then you're losing because you keep changing up your values. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier on, I think that was a struggle for me. Is this that, you know, I knew number one was family. That was a given, but number two and number three, you know, has been lingering around, you know, it's like, is it business? Is it health and fitness? Is it business? Is it health and fitness? And um, so let's talk a little bit more about, you know, so what are you focusing on into 2021? I'm curious to know, you know, obviously we're into a, a new year and everybody's all jazzed up. It's a new year, right? So, but in reality, you know, a new year is not going to change you, you know, if you don't change yourself or if you don't continue doing what you've been doing thus far, that's been working. So what has been working for you? What, what are you focusing on this year that, you know, is going to keep, you know, reaffirming those values that you've set for yourself? Yeah, it's a really good question. And, you know, the way I approach a new year is just like I approach any other day. To me, a new year is a lot of people's excuse to restart or to start for the first time or to take a break before or to, you know, half-ass their effort. Um, I went into the holiday season in the best shape of my life. I just finished a program called 75 Hard. Mm -hmm. Andy Frisella program. Actually, I noticed I've, I've got a shirt on today. Uh, and you can, you can look that up. It's hashtag 75 hard. Um, I was in the best shape of my life going into the holiday and, and most people aren't doing that. They're going into the holiday, putting on some pounds and then January 1st, they're going to hit the gym. You know, now I just started a new program on January 2nd because I'd finished 75 hard and I was like, okay, well, what's the next thing that I'm going to do? 
and it's an extension of the 75 hard program. So for me, I'm going to just continue what I'm doing, but I'm going to analyze it and do it better, right? So for example, in my consulting business, I'm looking at my clients going, okay, do my clients align with my values? I appreciate them, right? But are they the clients that are going to align with my value and, and what's going to move me forward? Or do I want to expand my network a little bit, you know? Um, and I definitely don't want to talk about politics on this show, but, but for me, it's like a lot of people have sat around and they're frustrated with what's going on in the country. It's like, well, yeah. frustrated, then jump all in, you know, do something about it. So for me, I'm expanding uh, my horizon and getting into something a little bit different. Um, I'm in Montana now, so I'm doing some work for the GOP because that's going to satisfy my values and giving back my time, which is my fourth value on the list and, and doing something about my frustrations I might feel about society. So I'm constantly looking for ways to improve who I am, where I'm going in life and the value that I'm bringing to my family and my, you know, my city where I live. Um, yeah. I'm making more of a conscious effort to meet people in my neighborhood, to reach out, to help, uh, to get involved. Uh, you know, my wife is volunteering over at the school and we've asked, you know, over there, like, hey, is there any families we can help and support that are in need? You know, things like that. And because I found through giving back so much more comes back to me. I feel like it flows through me and it's my obligation to flow it back out to them. And, and that's where I'm at in 2021. I think we can all be kinder and gentler and nicer and uh, lend a hand this year as opposed to what we've seen in the last few years. And I want to add value to where not only where we're going as a family, but where we're going as a country. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, one thing I wanted to mention because you said you didn't want to talk about politics and that, you know, this really isn't a political comment, but uh, you made a very good point that I think it's worth affirming. And that is, you know, 2020 was, let's face it, a challenging year all around. So many things, people losing jobs, you know, financial aspects. But at the end of the day, you said all in. Look, there's always something happening in the world. There's war, there's yeah. violence, you know, there's crime, there's people getting killed, you know, like whatever, right? But if you go all in on yourself, you're so hyper-focused that all that noise diffuses. And that's not saying that you're being careless about the issues that are happening in the world. It's just you're betting on yourself. And at the end of the day is, you know, because I've had a lot of people say, you know, well, do you not care about issues that are going on? It's like, no, no, it's not that. It's I'm betting on myself. I'm focusing on myself because at the end of the day, I could literally spend focusing on all the externals, which I can't control anyway, rather than focusing on myself and building the life that I want. Because let's face it, you know, and so 2020, we had a death in the family and it really made me realize at that point, you know, having one of the well, it was really the last conversation with a family member realized that I don't I don't want to be 67 years old, 80 years old if I get to live that long and wake up one day and realize regret and say, you know what? I didn't do that. I didn't. And I wanted to so badly. But I was so worried about whatever everybody else was telling me or what was happening in the world that I did not focus on myself and my family. Well, I think what's important is, uh, about that topic because I do believe in taking care of yourself and I believe in making money as well. And, and not from a greed standpoint, if I can make money, I can do more for more people, right? So yep. if I can make money, 
following my values, and then extending those values after I've made the money to help other people. That to me is where satisfaction is, right? To show my kids, you know, what it's like to work hard, have success, but then give that to others, right? And, and it's the examples we set will change the future of, you know, our families and our country and, and who we are as a society. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting. Um, I had a great conversation with my daughter the other night. We we're out of milk. It's nine o'clock. And, uh, you know, we, she wanted to go to the store with me to go get some milk because they got to have their milk in the morning, right? So we drive down to the store and we're walking in. And uh, the store, the way that it was set up, we, we went in and you had to walk by the end of the registers where people are checking yeah. out at. And, uh, and by the way, I'm not telling this story for glory for me, but I do want the lesson to be heard. Um, as we're walking by, I overhear this man. He goes, well, I guess I'm not going to be able to get that tonight. And she says, sorry. And I look over and he's going to walk away. Apparently he had forgot his money. Okay. Now I didn't even look at the man twice. I looked at the register. I stopped. He starts to walk away. And I said, hey, sir, sir, let me get that for you. And I pull cash out of my pocket. I hand it to the cashier. Mm -hmm. There's a line of people. I got a couple of nods like, wow, that's kind of cool. Um, I paid for it. The man was like standing around like he didn't know what to do. I said, hey, take your groceries. Have a great night. I've got this, right? Like, go ahead and go. And um, so we paid for the groceries and we went into the store. My daughter, who's seven, she looks at me. She's like, daddy, that was really nice. I can't <laughs> believe that. that. That was really nice. Yeah. I, said, I, said, yeah. I said, look. I'm not looking for recognition for doing something nice. I said, but what's important to understand is if we didn't do that and we heard that conversation going on as we walked by, we might've got to the milk aisle and thought in our minds, gosh, he only had a couple items up there. It was a few bucks. I should have helped that man. And we would have spent yeah. the next few minutes maybe, maybe thinking about how we could have helped, right? And I think we can do a better job of, of looking around, really taking action. Right. And that's what we did. We took action. We, we changed the dynamics of what was happening. We helped this man out and we moved on without having the regret of, gosh, we should have helped. And I'm hoping that not only through this story, but through the influence of my daughter and our actions, that more people will actually do something to help instead of just thinking about it. Right. Because we a lot of right. us, we lack the action to do. Well, that deserves a round of applause. It yeah. definitely does, because. Uh, you're absolutely right. We just need to do more good, Jim. You know, we just, you know, let, let's let's not worry about, you know, well, what if I do that and gain recognition? Because that's not why you did it. And and honestly, I actually paid for someone's meal over the holidays just because I did it. Honestly, it, it, I was just like, you know what? Let's do something good. You know, let's do something good for some for someone else. I'll just pay for someone else's meal. You know like literally no expectations whatsoever. So I'm so happy that you mentioned that story. But I think in that story, Jim, you exemplify to your daughter what a good role model does yep. and it's supposed to do with no expectations. And this is what we need in the world. This is what we need in society. We need people to do good because you know what? Humanity depends on itself to coexist. Well, you know, um, it's, it seems like the topic for this show is going to be values, but you mm -hmm. know, Again, when I look at my values, the fourth one on the list is giving back, right? So in my now that because I write these down every day and I follow these principles, every decision I make and all the things I do, these values are my barometer, right? So how, yeah. how would I be doing 
throughout my day if I didn't follow my give back when given the opportunity, right? right? And that, that's, you know, stories like that, that solidifies the importance of having your barometer and knowing where you're at. So uh, thanks for bringing it up. Like, you know, like you said, and I said, I wasn't looking for credit for it, but I did want to make a difference and show my daughter how important it is um, because we can change the world a little bit at a time. And through my success, I'm able to do that. I didn't think twice about what the dollar amount was, right? And it goes back to making money. It's okay to make money. It's what yeah. you do with it, right? I didn't think twice about the dollar amount. I just knew I wanted to help because that was part of my philosophy and who I am. And boom, we made it happen. So I encourage people, go out there and earn what you can. You know, money yeah. is good if it's used in the right way. Absolutely, Jim. You know, change the world one small action at a time. I absolutely love that. And I want to be respectful of your time because I, I know you have another appointment coming up. But before we wrap things up on the show, first of all, thank you. You know, I... I Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy this conversation and hopefully the listeners and those people that are going to be listening and watching, uh, you know, the the recorded version uh, of this as well. But w before we sign off, Jim, how can people find you? How can they connect with you if they, if they want to continue the conversation to have any questions or look for consulting help? Uh, throw out some handles, websites. What's the best way to reach you? Yeah, I'd love for people to just listen to my show. It's The Answers Yes podcast. It's on all the major platforms. If you do a Google search, you'll find it. Uh, that that really is where the value is at. I'm hoping I'm giving back by having you know people that have had success tell their stories on my show. I try to get a show or two out every single week and consistent. Within that, I do a live life driven show uh, that's just kind of some tidbits throughout the week. Matter of fact, fast food is the topic this week and all the things that you can learn. So it's funny that we talked about that earlier. Um, I also have a website. It's called livelifedriven.com. Uh, if you go there today, I've been hacked. <laughs> I, got, I got an e email from GoDaddy. I've been hacked by the, literally, they said by a ch by the Chinese, they're changing your website and redirecting. I'm like, well, how do we fix this? So you can find me on Live Life Driven or I'm on Instagram at Jim Riley. If you have any instance in Spartan racing, I also have a, a Instagram handle called Spartan Strong at 50. I talk about my workout routine. I'm here to help. I'm happy to help. And uh, I just, you know, if you do anything this year, list out your values, use those values to build out your goals and chase those goals and realize quitting is not a solution. Okay. Uh, quitting is not a solution. Yeah. Just keep going and, and do what's important to you, not only for you, but the people around you, whether that's family or friends or a stranger, because uh, it, you'll feel better and you'll find more success in that. The more you help, the more positive energy you give out, it's going to come back to you. Trust me, I've been doing it for several years now, and it's amazing how just the, the law of, of life works. So, um, you know, thanks again for having me on the show. It, it's a pleasure to, and I hope to hear from your listeners and uh, be able to help somebody. Awesome, Jim. Thank you so much. Really appreciate the conversation. Yeah, thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So that was episode 101 of The Roz Project live with the amazing Jim Riley. And uh, if you weren't watching live on YouTube, Facebook Live, LinkedIn Live, Twitch, uh, Periscope, uh, you can listen to the audio version of this episode that's going to be up on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Pandora, 
later on today. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in. God bless. And I hope you guys have an amazing weekend. Take care. Bye-bye. Big dog status, I'm a big dog, bitch. I pull up on the